Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Karen and I am tonight's co-host, a senior from Taiwan studying psychology in an RA in Founders Hall. And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host. I'm the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Karen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. tell me, Taiwan, how did you hear about NYU and what attracted you to want to come here? So I went to an American school. So obviously, I think like 90% of everyone else, we were going to go abroad for college. So I personally knew some friends who went to NYU. NYU obviously is a very prestigious place. So it was definitely on top of my list as places to apply for. So I did ED1. Well, I was going to do ED1. And then I chickened out because I've never been to New York. And then I finally decided if NYU is this amazing, I would try to go for it. So I did ED2, got in, and my fate was sealed. Look at that. And has it been everything you thought it would be? It's been so much more. That is great to hear. What have you experienced in New York City? Like what culturally have you done? What socially have you done that makes it a top memory for you? I think definitely what really attracts me to New York is the different kinds of people here. I came from a very homogenous place, so I grew up knowing people who look like me, talk like me, expected similar things. And I think in New York, it's just amazing to see different people of different backgrounds, experiencing different things, and just being part of their stories has been so rewarding. Any favorite part or place you've been in New York City since you've come to NYU? Honestly, Founders Hall. Founders Hall! (laughs) Shout out! And that's where I live, Mm. so it's a great place. Have you enjoyed the RA experience? I absolutely love it. And I sound like a sucker for loving my job, but honestly, it's been amazing. The kinds of friends I've made, the memories I've created, being able to call that place a home has just been so amazing. That's great. Uh, great view. I forget what floor you're on. I'm on fourth, but oh, I used no. to be on 24. Ah. So I definitely enjoyed the view when I had that. And what could you see for our our listeners who haven't lived in Founders Hall? What do you see for the 24th floor? So there's a clock tower. Unfortunately, we are in front of a building. So right now my view is kind of just building and then sky and then the street. But if I was lucky enough and it was a great day, I could see a little of the skyline. Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. Well, tonight we have a great guest. Who's our guest tonight? Our guest is Rosie Morantonio. She served as an RA in Weinstein Hall for Mecca Scott year one and Ryan Sylvester during the 2002 to 2004 academic years. Welcome, Rosie, and thank you for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you? And where are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. I'm actually living in upstate New York now, not upstate like Westchester, but up upstate New York, about 40 minutes north of Albany in a place called Saratoga Springs. Wow. Rosie, I, I have a house in Lake George, New York, and so we pass you oh, all the time. We hang out in Saratoga. So you're near Skidmore? Yeah, not that far. All right. Well, excellent. It, it's a, it is a pleasure having you on. I know uh, Ryan Sylvester nominated you and was really uh, eager to have you talk to us about your life. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've done since you've graduated from NYU? Okay, so since I graduated from NYU, that was a while ago, but I went right to graduate school right after at, at the University of Pennsylvania to get my first master's degree in reading, writing, literacy. And then I moved right back to the city after. And I had made so many great connections while student teaching and working with professors at NYU that I was able to get a teaching job very quickly. So I worked on the Upper East Side at PS 158 for six years. And then while I was working, I actually got another master's at NYU. So I was back there to get a master's in educational leadership. 
and I graduated from that program in 2011. And then after that, I moved upstate New York to be closer to my husband than fiance. And I've been living upstate since, and I'm currently teaching full time. So that's kind of an overview of where I've been. Thank you. Let's jump back to your time at Washington Square. What did you study while at NYU? While at NYU, I studied childhood education and childhood special education in the School of Ed, which I know is now called Steinhardt. I was in this pilot group called the Fab Friday Crew, where we students taught and did our required courses throughout the week. And then we had all of our teaching courses on Fridays. So it was pretty much just us and kids from Tisch that had to get up early on Fridays, but it was a really great program. Um, I loved it. Rosie, what were you involved in extracurricular activity-wise during your time here? So I was super dedicated to the RA position, so I didn't really do too many other extracurricular activities. Um, and also I, had, I worked part-time a few different jobs, so I really just focused on being an RA and you know doing some work with the School of Education. Sounds like you're really dedicated to the RA role. So did you always want to be an RA while an undergrad? So even before I got to NYU, I wanted to be an RA. I'm embarrassed to say this, but around the time I was applying to colleges, the show Felicity was on. So that totally, yeah, I know, that totally, you know, romanticized the notion of the role of the RA. But once I got to NYU and was a freshman, I was really well connected with my RA and the RAs in the building. And what I thought was pretty cool was that it made us feel like a family. Our floor, the 2A crew, really felt like a family and that sense of community I thought was so important. So I never really felt like a number at NYU. And I think that was because of the experiences the RA set up for me. So that was kind of why I wanted to do it along with Felicity there. <laughs> and, it, and it sounds like some of that may have helped you in your career later on, which you've learned in the RA position. Yes, yes, definitely. Being an RA, one of the biggest skills, I think it'd be a more confident person for sure. I see myself as a leader, but I think that sense of community is just so key. Making sure the residents felt safe, residents felt comfortable, that I could be a resource to them. That was definitely an important part of being an RA. So what was it like to work on a staff at NYU? It was really, really amazing. I think one of the great things when I was an RA at Weinstein, I don't know if it's still that way, but we had two RAs on the floor. So there were 30 of us, which could be overwhelming at times for sure. But what was really great was I had the chance to meet many people with such different backgrounds and interests and experiences. And I don't know if I would have had the chance to get to know them so well had I not been in that situation. So it was really, really special. You talked earlier about your relationship on uh, as a resident with your former RAs and the community. How did you then take those ideas and put that into your own floor? What was your floor like? What were you trying to create? I really did want that feeling of a family. And I felt like we, you know, the, the RAs that I worked with, I worked with Leah Goodstadt my senior year and um, Sabrina Perlman my junior year. And we just, we were the floor moms and we were there as a resource and we did whatever we could to, you know, we had a complete open door policy. Literally my door was open anytime I was in the room and just that residents could stop by with whatever, just to say, hey, to chat, to vent. So I feel like it was just really just wanted to create that, like, you felt like home. Everyone's doors were open. Everyone went into each other's rooms. And, you know, again, with families, not everyone always gets along all the time. But I think it was just that perfect balance of what students need when freshmen leave their homes and come to, to live in a dorm. Tried to create as much of that family feel as we could. 
And just to let you know, we, we no longer have two RAs on a floor in Weinstein. No. It was an experiment for about five years. Yeah. Uh, and then we moved away from it. I was very lucky. I, re- I that for I mean, I, again, I think one RA on a floor can still do the job, but it was just this unique experience to get to know so many people that way. And I believe you had the other RA as your suite mate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. When you were a junior, you were in the smaller room. By the time I was you know, a senior, I got the bigger room, double red, bed, king size. You know, there you go. Sounds like you had great relationships, but what skills did you gain in the role? The importance of being a good listener. I think that just taking time to listen to your co-RAs, but also to listen to your residents is really important. And then I think that's really important for me as a teacher, is listening to parents, listening to kids, you know, helping problem solve, helping strategize. That's really important. Being an RA, you have to collaborate, you know, planning programs. And again, not everyone always agrees. Everyone has different personalities, but that's what it's like in different work settings too. So when I'm working with other teachers, having to navigate that. So being an RA helped in my current situation, you know, whether I'm planning curriculum and whatnot. And again, that idea of a community, like the classroom as well, even whether it's first grade or graduate school or high school, you know, students need to feel that sense of community, that they can go to their teacher, that they can trust their teacher, and that they're in a place where that's okay if they make mistakes or aren't getting things right. So that's been really really important. Those RA skills really do transfer to, and I don't even think just the classroom, the educational sit, you know, setting, many different work environments. Was there anything that surprised you being an RA? Or did you have Felicity kind of figure it all out with you? With you? <laughs> I uh, had no idea how crazy some residents could be and how crazy freshmen and bold they could be. I was definitely like a shy, timid freshman, and it wasn't always the case in my team. But then the other aspect is just like how much freshmen need the RAs. You know, personally, I didn't know as a freshman if I needed my RA as a source of advice, but, and I need, you know, the culture he established was important. But I think the, the freshmen really needed us. That's what I felt like. I felt like it's just so critical to making that, that you know, that first tra- that transition into college a smooth one. What was the best aspect of attending NYU? I think just having, I guess, having New York City as your campus. I definitely wasn't a partier or someone who was into sports or into the whole like sorority fraternity thing for me. So just having the city to be able to explore things I was excited or passionate about. I used to see a ton of shows and go to museums. And then what I was really fortunate with too is it was at, at NYU we clock so many hours doing observations in schools and student teaching that I really got to see many different schools and work with many different teachers and kind of see like the teacher I wanted to be, the teacher I didn't want to be. And that was really, really important for me. I was very fortunate. Rosie, did you always know you wanted to be a teacher? Yeah. Yeah. I was that kid who had a chalkboard and lined up her dolls and had like fake teacher's manuals and things like that. So I definitely always did just from the very beginning. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that transition from student to teacher. We have a number of NYU students who want to be teachers. What's it like to, I know you get to do student teaching as an undergrad, but when you get your own class, what was that like, that transition that first year for you, if you can go back to that time? Well, I just remember the first day of school thinking, and I, I was must have been like 22, thinking like, I can't believe these parents are trusting me with their kids. <laughs> I was teaching first grade, and I was just so green. I mean, I knew curriculum, but I'm like, wow, 22 kids, you know, 22 or 25 kids, what am I going to do? So it was, I think the first day was very overwhelming. 
but so exciting. And I was, again, I was really fortunate when I worked at the school I worked at on the Upper East Side, I had a really great principal, really great support system. I would say some of my closest friends now are people that worked with me at that first school I was at. Just having that, having mentors, having people to collaborate with was just key to making it successful. I mean, there's definitely lots of ups and downs in any year of teaching, and especially that first year. But I think having a great support system helped for sure. What are some of the hardest things to do as a teacher? How's it like working with parents? Many difficult things about being a teacher, but I think one of the toughest things is when you have serious concerns about a student. For example, you're concerned that a child may have a learning disability. So having that conversation with a parent can be really difficult because very often parents see it as a fault of their own or a reflection on them. And they take it so personally, and of course, because it's their kid, but having that conversation is really tough. It's really tough to have. But working with parents can be wonderful, can also be um, overwhelming and stressful. But I think one of the biggest things, and again, it goes back to some of the skills I acquired being an RA, is just the relationships and building trusting relationships. Like I start off every year, whether I'm teaching first grade or fourth grade, you know, calling parents those first few days of school and telling them, you know, some funny stories about things that have happened with their kids or how their transition has been and just developing those positive relationships from the beginning so that when we do get to difficult times, that they are more open to hearing difficult, more open to engaging in difficult conversations. When you think about the interview process of being a teacher, what are the things that one should kind of bring forward in their interview to a prospective principal or to a school in that interview process? I think with that interview process, trying to be as specific as possible about your experiences and what you've learned from them. I think that administrators or principals that are people on the interview panel want to see how reflective you are about what you've experienced, what you've done, and honest with what's worked and what hasn't worked. And of course, just being knowledgeable in your field. So being knowledgeable about what good instruction looks like. And even, you know, that can vary, of course, from age, you know, age to age, but really there are some tenets of what makes effective instruction. So you kind of need to know your stuff there. Excellent. And I did want to follow up. In my investigation, I believe you were awarded some teacher award. Yeah. Back in 2014, I won the Milken Educator Award for Student Growth and Achievement. And that was a pretty probably one of the most memorable experiences, really surreal in terms of like the commissioner of education, New York state education was there. And we had this surprise assembly and all our administrators were there. There was the press. I was on the cover of the newspapers up here and I got a, you know, publishers clearinghouse size check, you know, so it was just a pretty, pretty crazy experience. But what was just most remarkable about that was the fact that someone had nominated me for that. It wasn't something I applied to. So someone had recognized what I'm doing in the field so that was I don't think it's anything I'll ever forget for sure Uh, congratulations well deserved truly truly so what books newspapers or podcasts should students who want to be a teacher be listening or reading there are so many great professional books, but what comes to mind is some some more recent texts. I work a lot in the fields of literacy 
teaching and learning. So there, uh, there are two books. There's the Reading Strategies book and the Writing Strategies book, both by Jennifer Saravallo. And I was really fortunate to have the opportunity to work with her when I taught in the city a number of years ago. And they're really about the basics of reading and writing instruction, strategy work in that field, and how to set goals for individual students, making sure that you're really meeting the needs of all kids. And then kind of back to that idea of community, there's a book called Kids First from Day One by Christy Mraz and Christine Hertz. And it's really about setting up really even a more modern classroom and really about the physical space as well as the culture and community that you develop. So those would be my recommendations for new teachers for sure. Tell us what grades that you're, you focus on in terms of your teaching. Throughout my career, I've actually taught first, second, third, and fourth grade. I'm currently teaching first grade now. And I've also actually taught graduate school too. I taught at the University at Albany for a number of years in their literacy teaching and learning department. So worked with kids and grown-ups. Is, is it tougher to work with the grown-ups than it is with the kids? <laughs> Sometimes. It's nice that you can be a little bit more frank with the grown-ups um, than you can with the kids. But each level presents its own challenges for sure. Not tying shoes with the graduate students, but, you know, other other challenges there. What's most rewarding in the classroom? I guess when certain just light bulbs go off. And one of the things, you know, I've, even though I've taught first, second, third, and fourth grade, I really love first grade. And one reason is because they're so excited and curious about everything and that it's the basics of everything. So like the first time a child reads a book on his or her own is pretty amazing. Or the, like when they start to understand the concept of like addition. And it sounds so silly, but those are things that they'll carry with them forever. So that's, that's what kind of what I love about my job. One more question about books. Is there a good book that you recommend for first graders or parents of first graders to read? One book I read to kids every year. It's a chapter book. It's called My Father's Dragon. It's a great by Ruth Stiles Gannett. It's an older text, but it's, you know, a boy goes on a journey to save a dragon and he has all these tools with him and he has to figure out which tools to, to use in different situations. You know, every kid I've ever worked with loves it. So I'd recommend that one. Love adventure books. All right. Thank you. So now we're going to go into a speed round. All right. And the first question, Rosie, is what was your favorite tradition at NYU? Probably graduation in the park. I don't know if you still do that, but that was what I loved. And people running through the fountains, which was not really encouraged, but still fun. <laughs> we now do it at Yankee Stadium. We're too do large. You? Oh, wow. Wow. Things have changed. <laughs> they have. Did you go abroad? I did not, but I would say that is my one and only regret from my experience at NYU. So if anyone is really considering it, they should do it. That's the only regret I have. Best dining hall. I would just say because I lived at Weinstein three of my four years, I'll go with that, but I don't know if it's really the best. <laughs> Favorite NYU teacher? Frank Pignatosi. He was the student teaching coordinator in the teaching and learning department, and he always looked out for me. Just a great guy overall. Did you have a part-time job while at NYU? Yes, I had a few jobs. I did America Reads my freshman year. I briefly worked at Urban Outfitters down on Broadway. I worked at Eleni's Cookies in Chelsea Market for a very, very brief time. Um, I babysat for a professor of mine. And then I also worked the Weinstein front desk every Sunday for two years. Very cool. Yeah. Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? Yes, definitely. Lots of celebrity sightings. Probably most memorable 
Yes, my freshman year, I saw Scott Speedman, the main character from Felicity. I saw him walk through Washington Square Park as I was studying for finals. So him, and probably more cool now, I saw Alec Baldwin and at Magnolia Bakery. That was pretty cool. And he lives right down the street from us now, so he's right in the corner. Yes, see him every day, walking his dog. Best place to hang out in New York City? I'm afraid probably most of them aren't there anymore now that I'm so graduated so long ago. But one of the things that the RAs used to do is go out dancing. So we used to go to the Central Bar. I think it's on like 9th Street. Not sure if it's still there, but that was that was lots of fun. We did that all together a whole bunch of times. A Broadway show you went to see as a student? Ooh, I went to see a ton, but I think actually one of the first shows I saw was Rent. And again, I'm dating myself a little. That was when it was relatively new and everyone used to belt out the lyrics in hallways of the, of the buildings. But yeah, that was kind of my favorites. And finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? I think it was RA training. And one thing I'll say is my first year, our whole staff came together and did a, like a step dance. We learned a synchronized dance that we performed and we did a video. And then I think even the next year we did a, I don't think it was a flash mob at the time, but some sort of like song. We interrupted our training for that. Weinstein really had pride there. So those were probably some of the most memorable experiences just again, because we came together so well. Rosie, thanks so much for spending some time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living the dream school alumni version life. Rosie, thank you so much for being a role model, especially for those who need it in the classroom and helping the youth realize that dreams can be attained. And so thank you for being with us this evening. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Special thanks to my engineer, Juliana Fonseca Alesso, and to the current professional staff and the alums like Mecca Scott and Ryan Sylvester, who did yeoman's work in trying to help these RAs gain great skills along the way. If you like tonight's show, listen to more content on the website. If you want to know RA's favorite books, you can look at whatthey'reading.blogspot.com. I continue to read them. And until next time, please think about how you can motivate the youth to make this a better world.